Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. During the past three months, we have been focusing on our responsibilities and privileges as stewards of God's blessings. Today, we will end the series as we open the Bible and examine the rewards of faithfulness. God does not want us to see eternal life in a sinless universe as payment for good works, but clearly God portrays eternal life as something that he longs to give to all. So stay by and we'll begin our journey of discovery in a moment. Well, on our panel today, we have John Cosmeyer and Daniel Verkerka. Good to have you with us, Daniel and John. Before we begin our discussion, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just commit our time near together uh, to your hands and we pray that you'll guide us by your spirit. As we discuss this important topic today, I pray for your blessing on all who will see or hear this program. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, open the Bible and we're going to let God speak uh, through the word. And uh, our text is Matthew 25 and verse 21. Matthew 25 verse 21 says in the words of Jesus, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, John, the, this statement is found in a parable of Jesus. Uh, what, what principle does it reveal? It may seem as if good works are rewarded. And to be honest with you, they are. But not in the sense that we're talking about. We're talking about people who were given talents one was given one, one's given two, one was given three. And the one that was given two doubled his. The one who was given three doubled his. But the one that was only given one, he made a very interesting comment where from the same chapter as you've been reading in Matthew chapter 25, here we have verse 25, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, what you have is now back with you again. What sort of a sermon is that? Mm. Given one talent to do something with it and then end up. And this is where. A complete misunderstanding of the nature of the, of the Lord, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is where we have the talent of the five virgins that entered the wedding feast and some did not. So it depends upon you as to your decision as to what the end result will be. Mm. Yeah, going back a little bit to uh, in some other words of Jesus earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, and uh, I'm going to read verse 12 here. It says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven and then adds for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you and talking in the context of persecution 
But, um, but Daniel, this idea of rewards for the righteous is it, something that Jesus emphasized, didn't he? Yes, um, he certainly did not shy away from that. Um, and this reward, it's uh, as as I was looking uh, looking at it, um, the the word there um, can actually mean wages and so on. But really, in the context of uh, of divine things, it's a reward. It's something that's given as an act of love, and I. I really like that. Yeah, and, and I, look, um, I think that Jesus wants us um, to uh, look forward to the blessings that he has in store for us. He, he wants it to be attractive, doesn't he? Hmm. Uh, he certainly holds it out as, as an idea. Come, come and enter the joy of your Lord, uh, the reward of righteousness. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 has an interesting uh, statement here. Um, Hebrews 11 and verse 6 but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. And there's that word, John, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does this mean to you? Well, we were talking about the servant before and this servant that was given one talent and did not add to that. It was because of the way he looked at God. He said, you're a hard man. Mm. And so I've buried what you gave me to make sure that I've kept it intact. And, and here in Hebrews, it's the way we, we, we look at God. You may have a vague understanding or belief that God exists, but nothing more. And so Paul says that belief in the existence of God is necessary, but so is a connection with him a good connection, one that's favourable. We are doing this because God gave us the talents in the first place and now we want to give back to him the reward of what he has done. And William Barclay made an interesting comment where he says, we must believe not only that God exists, but also that he cares and is involved in the human situation. For the Christian, that is easy. For God came into the world and Jesus Christ to tell us how much he cares. Have you thought? Hmm. And um, in fact, we can add to that. If we go to Revelation um, chapter 22 and um, in verse 12, we read the following. And I'm reading from the New King James Version and it says, And behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. So here it's uh, not, not only um, is faith required, but also um, we, we need to, uh, there needs to be fruit. And every Christian um, has, uh, has fruits. And that's why Jesus says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And so uh, we see here that this is, an, uh, again, simply a response for the love that we have towards God, towards everything that he has done for us, then that, um, that we then work. So it's a faith that works. So, um, John, is the reward physical or spiritual? Oh, it's definitely both. Okay. Because it's something that we're doing with God, which is spiritual. But it's something physical because of what we're doing. And so 
there was a lady wrote a book called The Great Controversy and shows the great battle that is going on between good and evil, between God and the devil, between God and the people of this world. And she makes this comment. Human language is inadequate to describe the reward of the righteous. It will be known only to those who behold it. No finite mind can comprehend the glory of the paradise of God. How can you earn something as good as that? Mm. It's not it's not a possibility. And it's a relationship that you have with God. All this is made possible because Jesus died on the cross for us. And then in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I come quickly, said John the Revelator. And we in return say, Lord, come quickly. Mm because it's something that we want. Jacques Ducan, he was a teacher of mine. And so to have a statement from him for me is very meaningful. And he goes on to say, we cry come in response to the I am coming soon, not because we want a better life, but because we desperately need another life. And that is a life that is, is promised by God. Mm. And so um, we are waiting for the ultimate re- reward, inverted commas, mm. of the gift of God to us. Yeah. yeah, and God wants us to, to long for that reward, doesn't he? And he, mm. he? He holds out the prospect of eternal life with him. No sin, no, sin sick, no sickness, no death and mm. so on. Um, and yet it's difficult for us to even imagine condition as we are in this world, isn't it, <laughs> as to what that life will be like. We're so used to a, a, a sin-riddled universe of ours. Um, so ultimately, according to the Bible, what, what alternatives are there in store for us as human beings, Daniel? Well, in Romans, we have um, Paul explaining two alternatives, if we can turn there. So Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And um, Paul says here, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I really like the way that um, Paul here in, in just a few short words completely describes what it's all about. It's either um, the wages of sin or the gift of God. Wages are something that you earn simply because of you know, what you do. But gift is something that you don't earn. Mm. A gift is something that is, that is given. You only need to accept. So either you, um, you have death, which is simply the outworking of the sin that, um, that works in your life. The end result is death or you accept the gift that God gives you, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I remember once suggesting to someone that uh, we can uh, pay for our own sins, um, but not in the sense that Jesus has paid for them. Yes. <laughs> we can pay for them by the death penalty, unfortunately. Um, the alternative to that, of course, is so beautifully expressed in that wonderful text in John 3:16. Uh, and let me share that with you now. John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
What, what, what hope does that give you, John? The only hope. We make a decision for Christ. We put our hand in his and we are given what Christ has paid for and that is our eternal life. I've made that choice and I would invite all of those who are listening to this program today to make that choice and to make that choice now Mm. because then our security in Christ is complete. Mm. And then we become the servants for Christ that are managing his business on earth. Mm. What what greater work can you do? Mm. For God so loved the world, Mm. we learn to love the world, and then we're doing a work of love. Mm. What a blessing. Yeah. Uh, There's an interesting statement in uh, John's Gospel, in John chapter 13, verses 36 and 37. A little little interaction going on here where Simon Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Uh, Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? And then he rather boldly says, I will lay down my life for your sake. So, so Peter asserted that he was willing to follow Jesus even to death, but, but, but Jesus could see that Peter was going to, to stumble before he would rise. And Daniel, what, what words of Jesus follow on this passage that is not just a comfort to Peter, but also for us today? Yes, well, in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, I really love these words. Um, I have many favorite texts in the Bible, um, and this would probably have to be one of them. So it says the following, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so I I really like how Jesus starts off with the words, do not be troubled. Um, You know, don't be anxious. Don't be um, uh, don't be afraid. Um, Don't worry because I'm preparing something that is beyond your wildest dreams. But not only that, he doesn't stop there. He then says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So it's a promise. Mm. Yeah. So, so what is this place, John, this, that Jesus is preparing? <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. In this manner, therefore, said Jesus... Pray, our Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so here is the the mention of heaven. And then... So this is the place that Jesus is preparing for us? This is the place that Jesus is preparing for us. In John chapter 20 and verse 17, Christ had been crucified and on Sunday morning, He met Mary in the garden where the tomb was Mm. and Mary went to touch him. She said, he said, don't touch me. 
because I have not yet ascended to my Father in heaven. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, and I love this, this verse here, because the book of Hebrews is actually the New Testament, the new covenant, the, the new agreement that God has made. In the old agreement, it was depending upon animals and what you sacrificed. But in Hebrews, you have everything depends upon Jesus. He's the priest, he's the, he's the offering. And here in Hebrews 11, we have an account of all, a lot of the, the people uh, that God used in history. And here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10, and it's talking about Father Abraham. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Mm -hmm. And so here we have Abraham, the father of the faithful. Mm. And Abraham served God all through his life. And he didn't get a city on earth. And so together with him, we are waiting for the city that God is building for us. Sometimes called the Holy City or the New Jerusalem. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so where is this city, Daniel? <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. If we jump to Revelation again in um, chapter 21 and verse 2, we can find the answer. And uh, this is John speaking and he says, Then I, John, saw the Holy City, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So we can see here that the origin of New Jerusalem is heaven. And uh, Philippians uh, 3 verse 20, I'm having a look at here, says for our citizenship is in heaven. So uh, Paul is anticipating that already we've got a right to be called citizens of heaven because of our our faith relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. So, uh, so what rewards are in store for the redeemed in that city, John? What's it going to be like? <laughs> we have to go to the last book of the Bible. And Clive, what an amazing chapter. Revelation chapter 21, where it talks about the new heaven and the new earth. And it talks about the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. And here in verse four, it says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things have passed away. Mm -hmm. And then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and they are faithful. And so we who are accustomed to sin and sickness and sorrow and death and so on, all that is gone. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul adds to the description and he says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it come in, into mind the things that God that has that God has prepared for us. And so whatever rewards for whatever, God says, this is going to be all yours and I'm going to give to you what I wanted, Adam, 
to have in the first place. Hmm. Yeah. When we go back to the, the beginning of creation account in Genesis chapter 2, um, verse 8 to 10, you got uh, the Lord God planted a garden uh, in Eden. And uh, then he says the tree of life was there, verse, verse 9, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then verse 10 says there's a river um, went out of Eden to water the garden. Um, the last book of the Bible, uh, Daniel, seems to be about restoring all of this, doesn't it? it? It certainly does. And if we go to just the next chapter from where Pastor John was um, reading, uh, Revelation chapter 22, in verses 1 to 5, we can actually see a lot of uh, similarities to the um, Eden, to the Garden of Eden. And it says the following, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So we can see here quite a few similarities. We have a river, clear as crystal. We have the tree of life. It's, as you said, it's Eden restored. Yeah. In fact, I think the famous old English poet Milton uh, had one, Paradise Lost and Paradise Restored, I think. Mm. It was a theme that he followed. Let's come back to the uh, something we touched on earlier and about the story of the talents. Um, Matthew 25 and verse 14, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Um, John, who is this man in the story? Yes, it's amazing how Christ so closely associates himself with people that are doing work for him. Uh, but in, in verse 20, of the same chapter. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me. And so it was actually Christ who gave him the five talents in the first place. And so it's, it's man and, and God working together. The, the word biblical commentary, it agrees. It says the point cannot be missed before the son of man comes. And until that time, Whenever it may be, disciples are called to faithful and steady service of the kingdom. And so when you become a Christian, you are actually put to work by God. And he says, it's OK. The reward's coming. Mm. There's another um, aspect in this story that um, I wonder if you'd like to comment, Daniel. In verse 19, after a long time, the, the Lord of those servants, these three servants, came and settled accounts with them. What does it mean, this settling of accounts? Well, it actually means it's referring to the judgment. Um, but it's also, you know, it's like the, the man has given all of these, uh, his possessions to these servants, and he simply wants to see what they've done with it. 
And uh, if we go to verse 34, um, it says the following. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so we can see here that um, right after Jesus um, says this parable, he goes on to explain and he mentions that this will uh, this is referring to the judgment where um, those who follow God, who have accepted um, his gift of love, um, they are then accepted into his um, well, into his kingdom. Unfortunately, mm. those who have not, um, well, they are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, John, uh, is there some, some significance to the fact that there are three uh, servants who are given different levels of talents? I'm real pleased about that because your talents or talent may not be the same as mine. Here in verse 20, uh, chapter 25 and verse 10, uh, verse 15, and it says, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Yeah, that's and, important, isn't it? And so God is, is very good to us. He gives us talents or a talent that we can use. Yeah. Um, so is it... Um is it tempting, Daniel, to uh, envy someone who's got more talents than we have? Well, it might be tempting. I'm not sure whether envy. Envy is a pretty strong word, <laughs> but um, it might be tempting to kind of see someone who's up there preaching and doing all these sorts of things and think, oh, well, why can't I do that? But the thing is, we can actually improve on what God has already given to us. Um, And in fact, we can find here in verse 20 of chapter 25. So he uh, and it says, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you have delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents. So he's improving on what has been already given him. And there's a beautiful quote. I really like this quote. Um, It comes from George Knight. And it says, People are not equal in ability, but they can be equal in effort. God expects good interest in his investment from each of us. So I really like that, that although we're not equal in ability, but we are equal in effort, which means that we we can do well what we can do with what we have. Mm. And God wants the absolute best of what we can do. So we've been talking today about the rewards of of righteousness and uh, my guests today on the panel have been Daniel Verkirka and uh, John Cosmo. Thank you very much for your contributions to our thought. My name is Clive Nash. You know, in ancient Greece, the the laurel crown was awarded to the one who was the victor in the competition. This crown of the bay laurel plant would wither and perish, but the reward of faithfulness is permanent. It is eternal life with God, with angels, with the inhabitants of the unfallen worlds and with the redeemed of this world. As St. Peter has written, it is an inheritance that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I hope that you'll tell somebody today about Let God Speak and encourage them to watch. So we're glad that you joined us. And remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. 
Email us on lgs at 3abinaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.